Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Extraordinary Expletive. I am so sorry. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, had a lot of stuff going on. But you got your boy J-Dubs over here on the mic. And Kenny G's over here and you can finally hear me because I'm not far away or yeah. some shit. Like I'm right next to the mic. So Yeah, we're trying to trying to keep it professional and keep it hood, you know. <laughs> but um, speaking of professionalism, I figured I'd just let you guys know. Um, you know, we did just move. Uh, so been here for a month now finally settled in and getting going um the past two weeks i was away uh doing driving school so we didn't have really time to do anything last week and then um we did fuck up that tour episode yeah the episode we had before that we we fucked up we i had two um sound clips recorded because we had that technical difficulty part where we stopped and um Basically, when I went to export the audio, it only exported the second half of it. And my dumbass, thinking it was okay, didn't save it. So I closed it out, and um, I, I tried to get it back, and it, it was gone. So uh, we learned. So we will be saving our sound files before we upload them yes. from now on. Yes. And uh, make sure that's good. So I do apologize if you guys listened um, two weeks ago, and you're like, what the fuck is this? My wife had brought it to my attention. She's like, hey. You guys just like started going. What what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> then I listened to it. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> but uh, we are back in full force, and uh, we're ready ready to rock the show, dude. Yeah, and today we're gonna uh, we're just gonna talk about some uh, debut albums. Some debut albums from some bands <clears throat> that you know their first album that really put them on the map, you know, their debut album. It's like, who the fuck is this? You yeah. Know what I mean, and, uh, kind of touch base a little bit with, uh, how different that first album may be from what they are now. You yeah. Know? Um, if, if we want to talk about like musical evolution, like in a way, I think um, we could get a whole episode of that. Too, we could do a whole episode of that, but uh, we're just going to touch base on like debuts. Um, you look at, uh, Pantera, Everyone remembers Cowboys from Hell. They're like, that was their first album. That was their fifth album. Yeah. Their first album was Pantera's Metal Magic. And they were a... They didn't have uh, Phil Insomno. He wasn't he wasn't part of the band yet. But they were basically a hair metal band. And just completely different from the Pantera Com- that yeah, everybody knows now. Yeah, yeah. No one no one even knows that. They're like, yeah, Cowboys from Hell. And it's like, no, they... they been a band since like 85 and they just released a lot of hair metal shit that like nobody likes yeah it's not it's not something you should listen to like you go back and you listen to it you're like Ugh, like what the fuck is this yeah um yeah it, that's uh i guess one thing you're really gonna notice too if you are a huge fan of said band or any band in general like their first album's always gonna be way different yeah um for instance uh you know, we, we, we touch base on it upstairs, but uh, uh, Nirvana, when they came out with Bleach, um, most people don't know Bleach. Uh, most people know Nirvana from most, most Nevermind. Most even think that, like, they're like, yeah, Nirvana was an overnight success. No, because Bleach came out in 89. It took them, like, two, three years before they they did the... Yes, they did change the music world overnight with Smells Like Teen Spirit, but that took three years from where they originally started that. Actually, I think they were a band from, like, I think they started in like '87. Yeah, and uh, by the time they hit Nevermind, they'd had almost six different drummers. You know, um, when Bleach came <clears> out, <throat> it was uh, Chad Channing who had recorded, and um, and he's actually the longest tenured drummer. Yeah, and I mean his play style was completely different too from uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah, you know? and um, you know if if you're like I said, if you're a diehard fan. Sure, you know that, but if you're somebody who, you know, is really into, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit or All Apologies, you know, you never realize that, hey, they came from this, and it was really different. Um, what is the song, Sliver? Uh, it's just him screaming about being that a kid. Was, that was uh, on Incesticide, though. Was it? Yeah, that was the compilation album between um, In Utero and Nevermind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was like their their crazy live album shit too. They had yeah, some yeah. Weird songs. It was when the record company's like, "Hey, you need to make another CD." They're like, "We're not ready yet." They're like, "You need another CD now." Yeah. So they're just like, "Hey, we did this uh, studio shit." So. Yeah. Um. Like about a girl was on there. And about a girl was on Bleach. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh. 
it's everyone knows really the, different from you know their regular shit. Everyone knows the stripped down version of that though. When they play uh, MTV Live and Unplugged, yeah. they're like, "Oh, I know that song." I'm like, it's kind of different when you listen to it on Bleach. Yeah, it's really raw on Bleach. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was uh, the recording; everything was kind of different. But um, you noticed, you know, uh, sound quality got a little bit better too as yeah. time went on. You know, they got super yeah. signed. They were what sub pop then. They were well. They were signed with sub pop for their first. I think they were actually signed with sub pop the whole way through. Yeah. Or I think maybe for in utero it was Griffin Records, but I'm not sure. Okay. But I know for sure it was sub pop for the first two, because um, Butch Vig, he mixed all of. Never mind. And I think he had a. I, I well, he was a drummer for Garbage. Well, he is the drummer for Garbage, but he mixed the whole thing. But I think he also has like a part in Sub Pop. I'm not a hundred percent sure. That was really loud. You're vaping. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm an addict, a vape addict. I can't help it. Just love it. Something out like one of the the more raw like first albums was um Lamb of God. Their first album was actually called Burn the Priest. Yes, which was gonna be their name. Which was which was their was name. Was their name? Yes. Because I actually I showed you the album earlier. I yeah. actually have it. It's Burn the Priest by Burn the Priest, and uh, it's really raw. Yeah. It's super raw. Like what was it? uh White Label was one of their big songs on there. Yeah. And Randy's. Even his vocals were yeah. fucking weird, man. It sounds like he's... Ah, like he is crying, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? No, it sounds like he was talking to one of these mics. Like, he's not... It's not done up at all. It's just... The way he's screaming is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He had such a, a higher-pitched, kind of different approach to things. And um, I really like Randy Blythe, too. Like, I like his stuff. Like, the stuff he did on... um. Uh, like ghost walking and songs like that, like that that kind of, cause he's he's not screaming, but he's he's not talking either. But it's yeah. kind of like the way it comes out. He's it's one some, of those people who are really good at enunciating his. It, it his fits boxes. perfectly for what they're trying to do. Yeah, um, he was actually trained. I forget the girl's name, um, but he was one of her students. We can look this up. Maybe drop a link for it, but. I want to say Sarah something, but she actually trains um, metal vocalists to be better at screaming so that, one, you're not hurting your throat. There's no like, physical damage going on. And, two, like you're actually enunciating your words. You're not just, you know, grindcore screaming where you're just mumbling shit together. Like, yeah, cool. Like, I can go listen to it with the lyrics and know what you're saying, but to just hear it, I don't I mean, know what the fuck you're saying. That's what happened with them shadows. Yeah. But the Bench Sevenfold, like, after Waking the Fallen came out, he he couldn't scream anymore. And that's why City of Evil was so much different than, like, Sound of the Seventh Trumpet and Waking the Fallen. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, well, let's, uh, I mean, we can move on to that one, too. But I was yeah. just going to say, I mean, um, with Lamb of God's first album, they, even the drumming was a little bit different. Like, Chris Adler just... I don't know if he bought a new drum set by the time <laughs> Sacrament came out, you know what I mean? But it just even it sounds one hundred percent different. It's uh it's really cool to look and see like where they came from, like and what they are now, because now I mean they're a heavy hitter when you talk about the metal scene. Right. You know, Lamb of God <clears throat> is one of those people that most people know, whether it be from fucking Tony Hawk Pro Skater or Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero, yeah. They were on the first one. Yeah, right? Laid to Rest was on there. Yeah, and, and honestly, um, that that album they had, um, what the fuck was it called? Jesus Christ, I'm I'm retarded. Ashes of the Wake. Ashes of the Wake. Yeah, that that is like one of like riff wise, that is one of the best albums ever. Yeah, like guitar riff wise, like it's stupid how good those. Yeah, riffs man, are. and they're sweet. Like, yeah, that's what it is though. It's it's I don't know that pumped pump you up metal man like i'm like fuck yeah like i mean riff wise i would put it up there with um if you're just talking about the guitar riff i would put that on up there with uh gojira with um from mars to Sirius, and mastodon with the mother load yeah which some people were like well the mother load wasn't a good album i'm like yeah but you listen to the guitarists they're fucking sick yeah uh, off topic. Or no, no, but... it was. I'm sorry. It was once more around the sun. The mother love was the lead single. 
Okay. Well, I was going to say, uh, like, with Gojira, <clears throat> like... From the, Mars to Sirius was a great debut album. Those guys and their riffs, they, like... I'm like a, a fucking fanboy when it comes to metal music. You know what I mean? I just, I love the and writing And we are going to be in metal month in approximately one week. Yes. All of October we will be doing And uh, we're going to blow our fucking load. Yeah. It's going to be from, you know, the start of metal into what it's become today. There's a lot of branches we can take, so that's why we're going to take a, a whole month to do Protest a series of Protest the fucking hero. Yeah, dude. The human abstract. Oh, so many. Oh. But um, because you're a dude, their their writing process just fucking amazes me. I was in the car with my wife, and we were listening to the song "Remembrance," and the last forty five seconds of that song is this breakdown that they just fade away into nothing. But the solidity of it, like, like how do you do that live and be able to, like no okay okay we have this this timing thing going on right now and it's a big deal you know right um but that was that was another one of their things where like um from mars to sirius was their first album and that is was it yeah i thought it was the link no the link was 2007 okay yeah because i know they did a re-release of that too yeah yeah that was the one with had uh what flying whales on it and stuff flying whales on it yeah um, Ocean Planet. But that was like, I mean, for Mars to Sirius is widely regarded as like one of the greatest metal albums of all time. And it's really hard to argue with that because it is so good. It's from, weird how a lot of the stuff is so you, slow too. Yeah. For being so heavy, it's it's not very <clears throat> fast music. You know? No. Not, not on that album at least. Well, no, you listen to like Ocean Planet, like it's just... And then just fucking just real slow, and then it goes back to that. Yeah. Yeah, they have... Was... um, I can't even think of the song. Was it Born in December? Is that it? I think Global Warming's on that one, too. Okay, okay. So, I think that one was... Was Born in December on from Mars to I'm not sure. No? And, like, that song is just... There's no really heavy at all, and they're just kind of talk singing, you know? They're like, yeah. Well, he's just a French guy screaming about fucking, like, you know, the... The fucking environment. That's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, you got you, you got to hit that home too. Like they are one band that is always, always sung about us fucking up as humans. You know. Yeah. We we suck. Um. All right. Moving on from there. Uh. Another good one, in uh, my opinion, would be uh Lincoln Park, with uh, Hybrid Theory. Hybrid Theory. And and the another thing- another band that, that was originally going to be their name was Hybrid Theory, from what I was. Uh, reading the thing is too is like um in in the month leading up chester bennington whenever he committed suicide he was uh they like interviewed him and he was like he was like people need to get the fuck over hybrid theory we're never gonna fucking do that again we moved on as a band but to me that was just saying like hey we peaked at hybrid theory like we can't do it again you need to get over it because uh, by the end of by the end of Lincoln Park, they were on uh, like Radio Disney and shit. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they had that song "Heavy," which was like a pop song. Because I heard it and I the was irony. like, I was like, oh my god, is 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 this really Lincoln Park? Like, is my childhood from two thousand one, whenever I was fucking, you know, ten years old, is that is is this what it turned into? Yeah, it's gone now, dude. Yeah. Yeah, um, they were. When they hit the scene, that was what made them fucking huge. Even, well, yeah, but you like, know? that that album hits from start to finish, because you look at a song like Paper Cuts, like, that song's fucking awesome. Yeah. And that's what they open up with, and then just kept on, and they were really, like, at the forefront of that, like, <clears throat> I apologize, <laughs> new metal mix. Yeah, they had that rap rock. They had that, like, rap rock thing, like, hey, Chester Bennington's gonna sing, but then the mixing notes come here and, like, drop some, you know, like, grimes, like. Yeah. And it, it worked out really well. I, I love the way it always played. Uh, like, one of my favorite songs off that album was uh, uh, Crawling. Like, just the guitar riff was amazing. And they had this way of, you know, like, throwing the, the <clears throat> DJ in there with it. So you yeah. got these electronic sounds that came, you know, with the actual fucking guitar and drums and bass. And I was like, what the fuck? But it was sweet, you know? It was something I'd never really heard of. And then, you know, moving on to the stuff they do now... Like, uh, 
I mean, everybody's a huge fan of the song Numb, but I mean, I was, I guess, lyrics-wise when it came out, but that song got so overplayed. Right. Like, it's so much airtime, and I think that's what really killed it for me. But you go and listen to that shit, um, and then go back and listen to Hybrid Theory. I guess Chester said it best, like, dude, they're never going to do that again. That was crazy. You know? Right, but he, was, but he was saying it like, hey, we're not going to do that again. We're over that. And, and, and I saw it more as, we can't do that again because we literally just captured lightning in a bottle. Yeah. You know? Like, they, they kind of <clears throat> had that essence when Meteora came out. But it just wasn't the same. Meteor was really good. Meteor was a really good album. I really was... Uh, the one album by them I, I, I can't stand. Um, but the the remixed one. Oh, I know they, what you're talking about. They redid Meteor. Yeah, and they did it with like Jay-Z. Just, yeah, it was just like remixes of every song that was on there. I was like, what the fuck? What, it was also um, songs from uh, Hybrid Theory too. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one, I don't know. Just, just different. But... You know, coming from a debut album, man, that was that solidified their place in the rock scene, you know. And from there, they were able to just like branch out. Like Fort Minor came after them. You yeah. Know what I mean, and Mike like, Snow even had like his own solo career for a while. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't have gotten as big if you know Lincoln Park never hit off. No, know? no, there's no way <laughs> they'd be like, all right, cool. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna combine these two. Um, Metallica's "Kill 'Em All" when it came out, it was too punk for the metal guys, but it was too metal for the punk guys, and that's where you really saw like the birth of thrash metal. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, because uh... no one really did like the style that Metallica played. No one really did it until Metallica did it. Like Motorhead, you could you could argue like Motorhead was close because they had hits like um, "Bomber." They they were close, but Metallica did it, and then it became popular. Although Metallica wasn't going to be popular for like so what, um, Kill 'Em All came out late seventies. It was still going to be like another fifteen years before Metallica was popular when they hit the Black Album. But then they grew the roots of thrash metal, and then Dave Mustaine, former member of Metallica, came out with Megadeth's uh, "Rust in Peace," and that is one of the best metal albums I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I never I never really uh delved deep into Megadeth. Really? Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Um Rust in Peace is great, but I still think that uh and it's weird because everyone talks about like Rust in Peace and Peace Sells but who's buying? But Countdown to Extinction from song to song is just complete. To me it's like the most complete metal album I've ever heard. Because every song just, it goes perfectly into the next one. And that one has like a Symphony of Destruction on it. Songs like that. But but Rust in Peace is really good. And even they, <clears throat> it's, it's all about like conspiracy theories too. Okay. That's like the theme of the entire album. So it's, it's really good to be a debut album. And then you also have like a theme album. Yeah, like a concept kind of. Yeah, like like that's the concept. It's like okay, we're all about like, cause um, I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. I was gonna say uh, like, especially if you were a Metallica fan, knowing where Mustaine came from, you're gonna be more inclined to right. Listen and to he the was even on the uh, the Metallica Saint Anger documentary where he's like crying, like you guys fucking kicked me out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I always feel like he's kind of butthurt about it. But I mean, that's that's a cool driving force. You, you, you think know, fuck these guys. I'm gonna go do my own shit, and then he got big as fuck. Yeah, and it's hard. to Dave deny. Mustaine's like the only like remaining member from the original Megadeth lineup. And you you think about like you're like, man, fuck these guys. Yeah, they're the biggest metal band in the world. But guess what? I'm the second biggest fucking metal band in the world. I did by myself because yeah. Lars Ulrich is a fucking douchebag. Yeah, it was um. I think a it should have been Lars. A couple days ago, it was 33 years since um, what's his face died? Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton. Jesus Christ, I couldn't think about it. But yeah, uh, 33 years ago, and uh, I was actually on Loudwire 
uh, you know, troll in the comments, just seeing what people are saying and shit. And they that's make, what I'd said on there. I said it should have been Lars. They make the T-shirt that says it, it's a picture of Cliff Burton standing next to Lars Ulrich. It says it should have been Lars. Yeah, that's good. And I'm like, I fucking want that so bad. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so dark, though. Yeah. All right, so changing it up a little bit, um, but this was a big one for me, but Slim Shady. Uh, Marshall Matters MVP? Uh, no, that was actually... Uh, not his first one. It was Slim Shady. Uh, EP came out first. Okay. And I mean, technically, um, he had uh, what was it before that? Fuck. I'm trying to think. Uh, Infinite, I do believe, was his first one, and uh, he was young as fuck when that came out. And uh, I was gonna say he was on like he was in his early twenties whenever Marshall Matters came out. Yeah, like the Slim Shady LP is the one that had um. Hi, my name is, you know, and that's what, what? Really, really blew him up. Who? But that wasn't what started him. Slim Shady. If you go and you listen to Infinite, man, uh, some of the fucking tracks on that, <clears throat> his lyrics are so good. That guy could literally rap about anything. Like, there's interviews of him at radio stations. Or he's like, all right, just give me something to rap about. And, like, like he has, like, a fucking 45-second bit where he just starts rhyming words with orange with a four-inch door hinge. Like, he just keeps going on. He's like, it's all about the way you enunciate the words. But Infinite, uh, my favorite song off that album is uh, Open Mic. And he he rapped a lot with D12. You know what I mean? That's, you know, what kind of, I wouldn't say got him his start, but right, but he know, was, that was he, big. Like, well, he, he was, was part like of the a, Dirty Dozen. He was a prodigy of Dre. Yeah, Dre, Dre found him and was like, yo, you guys got to check He's him like, out. He's like, yo, white boy, come, come with me. Because... <clears throat> Even with Dr. Dre, it wasn't his debut album, but um, The Chronic, I mean, because he, he'd been in NWA, but like The Chronic, and this is a weird one to talk about too, because that was Dr. Dre's debut album, but it was also the debut of Snoop Dogg and The Dog Pound. Yeah. And to me, nothing against Dre, to me, Dr. Dre is the godfather of rap because of everything he's contributed not because of the solo career or the stuff he did in NWA. It's just his producing and then his everything else. Because um, with The Chronic, that was the debut of The Dog Pound. And that's what introduced everyone to Snoop Dogg. And then Snoop Dogg had a great debut album. And then you have 2001 by Dr. Dre. And that's one of the ways that um, Eminem gets introduced to the public too. Because they're like, oh, Dr. Dre dropped this dope shit. Wow, the Snoop Dogg guy's really cool. Hey, Dr. Dre dropped another dope album. Yeah. Hey, this fucking Eminem guy's really cool. Yeah. He really opened up <clears> the <throat> eyes. Yeah. Let people see that, you know, there's a lot of talent out there. Yeah, I'm actually pretty sure that, um, or even like Tupac, like Tupac's album, like uh, California Love by Tupac, I'm pretty sure Dr. Dre raps more on that than, than Tupac. Yeah. So Dr. Dre's like, hey, have this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he was awesome, but I always hear you know him rapping on other people's shit more than I actually like find myself listening to his albums. But I yeah, mean, you two thousand one Chronic was amazing. Oh, However, I mean that wasn't. Can you say that was his debut album? No, because everybody knows. Him well, he had NWA. the he had the Chronic first, but to yeah. me the Chronic was more of like, hey, I'm Dr. Dre. I uh, I used to be in NWA, and uh, yeah, here's Snoop Dogg and Dog Pound, <laughs> and action. Yeah, basically. But um, going back to Eminem, you take uh, you know songs like "Open Mic," which are like I was just saying that you know that's like my favorite on there. Like some of his his puns are amazing. Like he says, "You couldn't flip shit playing in toilets with a spatula." Like I was always you know dying. But he, I think that's what started his you know I don't give a fuck attitude. Or at least you really hear that when he comes out with his songs like. Uh, he says, you know, I never gave a fuck, and now I give a fuck less. And then you, okay, fast forward, you know, three albums. He goes, yeah, I still don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> he's he's been not giving a fuck since before it was cool, you know. But look at his shit now. You really see a progression, especially with his shit. You see him grow up, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I what, said, was the, what, was the, what was the album he came out with in, like, 2007? Uh, Relapse? Or, yes, yes. Yeah. That was when the first time I ever got, well, second time I ever got high on weed. Like on we were weed. Just, 
we were just blasting relapse and just driving through the streets of feral. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing to do. Like, yeah, like I'm literally laying in this bowl. And, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, like, a, a lost white boy from, like, West Middlesex. And they're, like, let's get high. I'm, like, all right. And, like, I'm trying to let it up. And it's, like, it's 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm, like, okay. I'm, like, dude, who's this guy? That's crazy. Because I didn't realize it was Eminem because I was so used to his sound from his first album. Yeah. And it, he's, like, hi, uh, my name is. See, that wasn't his That wasn't his first. Well, but, his, you know? his earlier stuff. Yeah. Because he really changed his sound. Oh, dude, yeah. Even, like, the shit he sings about, you know, like, the Slim Shady LP, that was, like, his, I don't know, you know, Slim Shady was, like, this alternate persona that he created, right. you know, and he always rapped about killing and all kinds of shit, like, uh, on the Marshall Matters LP, he says, you know, they had that little uh, skit with uh, Steve Berman, I think it is, and he goes, he goes, I can't put this album out, he goes, uh, He's like, Dr. Dre's out here rapping about fucking drinking 40s, fucking bitches, and getting money. He's like, you're rapping about fucking transvestites, uh, Vicodin, and fucking cocaine or something like that. He's like, I can't put this fucking record out. But like, that's what he fucking sang about. Yeah. And it worked. And people were like, dude, this is awesome. And he got big as fuck about it. But uh, I don't know. That, I think, really pushed like... Uh, you know, suburban white kids to rap music. Right. You, you well, really it discovered pushed, a lot it, more it after It pushed that. trailer trash to to rap music. That's what it was. Yeah, it really did. It's like, man, you grew up in a trailer? Hey, I grew up in a trailer. Like, instead of listening to Kid Rock, how about you listen to fucking Slim Shady? All right, well, Kid Rock, let me just go there. His first album, Devil Without a Cause. I don't want to talk. I hate Kid Rock with a passion, dude. I hate Kid Rock so much. His his old shit was sweet though. No, this is why I you hate cannot Kid... deny this is why this is why amazing. I fucking hate Kid Rock because Kid Rock is like, yeah, I'm straight out of fucking Detroit, grew up in a trailer, and then here we are, fucking ten years later, and he's like, yeah, I was singing in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, and his dad like owned yeah, car like, dealerships. He's like, shit. yeah, I'm a country boy from Alabama. Fuck you. Yeah. Go back to Detroit. Yeah. He he lost his gangster. And I think he's just, you know, appealing then, towards a certain crowd now. Right. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Is he used to be like, hey, I'm this badass out of a fucking trailer park in Detroit. To being like, hey, let me appeal to these fucking country pieces of shit. Yeah. I mean, but that's a good, a good thing to talk about. Like, look at that progression there. Like, how the fuck does that happen? It happens because it. of dollar signs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> That's the way it is. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would probably do the same thing, but I wouldn't fucking brag about how real I am to this like brand. Yeah. I'd just be like, hey, I'm doing this for the money. Yeah. Where Kid Rock's like, I, I grew up in Alabama. No, you fucking didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he was very hardcore rappy. When he first came out, I mean, all of his shit. He was. had JC. He made the girl sick. Yeah, dude. He's three foot nine with a ten, ten foot, foot dick. dick. You know that was that was the shit, man. I mean, all shit talking aside, the guy's fucking talented. He can play piano. No, he, can he play guitar. He can he, play drums. He is talented. But does the turntables? But he yeah, just, I see what you're saying. You know, nowadays just, it just it's not not my cup of tea. My mother's in love with him. I've seen him live three times. Well, that's the thing, and too, is like every fucking motherfucker wearing like a Brantley Gilbert t-shirt, like a Luke Combs t-shirt. And like Luke Combs is talented as fuck. Brantley Gilbert's fucking fantastic. But they're like, yo, Kid Rock. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You're talking about the guy that was fucking rapping? He did the Undertaker theme song in WWE for like two years? You're talking about that guy? Yeah, I don't know. Do people really know where he came from? Did you know? Do they listen? Do they to that ball with shit? the ball, but dang, but dang, diggy, diggy? No, they definitely don't, dude. No way. I saw a meme one time. It said it had a picture of Jonathan Davis. It was like, I don't always ball with the ball, but dang, but dang, diggy, diggy. But when I do, I oom, but de dee, bop, dee, bop. <laughs> I was like the meme of Kid Rock walking on the beach with his hands, all like crazy. It said me on my way to ball with the ball. But, I mean, his shit was iconic back in the day. <clears throat> like, I remember being fucking nine, ten years old when that album came out. And, like, seeing him live when he'd come out on stage, back then at least, he always walked out in a fucking, 
pimped out fucking white fur coat and then he'd take it off or somebody would take it off for him and then he would start singing Ba with the Ba. Oh, my no. name is Kid. And you're like, fuck yeah, bro. Yeah. But like it was, I don't know, it was even heavy then. Like they had guitar riffs and shit. In I mean, it, it used now to, it's like, ah. Uh, it used to know. be, it used to be so hype. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. But he rapped about crazy shit like fucking pimping hoes and fucking, you know, like gangster down home shit. And now it's just like, hey, uh, let me play this piano that's covered in camouflage for you real quick. Do you guys want to hear Sweet Home Alabama? All right, well, I can't play that. So we're just going to remix it, make it sound exactly the same, and name it something else. We're going to mix it with Werewolves of London. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. That's crazy, though. So there's there's one that you can see is a completely different fucking person now. The other one, um, <clears throat> uh, sticking with rap, because I want to give a shout-out here, is... um. The rapper Nas. Back in back in the two thousands, everyone was like, "Yo, Nas came out this new album." I was like, "Yo, Nas sucks." Like he was in like a rival with like Jay Z and shit. And I'm like, I don't really like Nas. And actually, up until like three months ago, I was like, "Yo, why does everyone always talk about Nas? He's not that good." And then my brother was like, "Yo, have you ever heard of Illmatic by Nas?" And I was like, "No." He was like, "Yo, it was his debut album. It's one of the best hip hop albums of all time." And I listened to it, I'm like, this is one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. <laughs> Boy, was I fucking wrong. Because he, whenever he did it, like, it was fantastic, but it wasn't commercially successful. Yeah, that's, so, that's why I think people would talk shit on it. So then, after that, he was like, hey, um, I, I want to be more commercially successful. So then he started, like, doing... Because if, like, if you look at a hip-hop album, you're like, all right... We have uh, Dr. Dre featuring fucking 20 different people. Yeah. With with Illmatic by Nas, it's like, okay, every song is just Nas. He's just rapping on every song. 38 minutes, quick quick listen, phenomenal. And they actually, um, like, critically reviewed, like, it's one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. They, it always gets, like, five out of five stars and stuff. And it's actually been written, they're like... Yeah, it was a blessing because he had a great debut album, but it was also a curse because he will never live up to this ever again. And that is 100% correct. Yeah. Because um, there's only a few... I, I would actually put... Um, I've seen your top five list. Yeah, you see my top five list. Yeah. I would I would only probably put um, Tribe Called Quest above Nas for like the best rap album but you're talking about you know his beef with jay-z and all that shit those guys they got a lot of radio play you that that's you what got him a lot of radio yeah. play though is because everyone's like yo yo jay-z just dropped this fucking track against nos and that's like yo nos just dropped this track but i like Jay-Z. never never heard nos's shit on the radio you know what i mean or like maybe i didn't didn't realize it but yeah, but you knew who he was, though. Yeah, yeah, but he was like one of those guys where you could find somebody who was into rap and be like, yo, you, you listen to this album yet? And then they'd pass it to you and be like, all right, cool, I'll go check it out. You never got handed a mixtape? Yeah, I mean, back in my day, mixtapes were something that you made for your girlfriend. Damn. You know, they weren't rap albums. They were, you know, hey, I recorded these I got songs handled, off the radio. I got handled on the mixtapes back in college. Yeah. They were like, yo, you listen to rap? I'm like... I'm a white boy, but yeah, they're like, hey, have a mixtape. <laughs> Your hands just catch on fire. And I'm like, okay. And then I went to the Notre Dame Cathedral in France, and it burned to the ground. That's fucking awesome. Because of all the mixtapes. For shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I was going to say, um, you know, talking about a band that's completely different nowadays. Uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Yes. They were amazing. Suicide season was so good. Yes, I'm trying to think. I think that might be their their second or third album. I think it was their second album. I can't remember what their first one was. So we'll just you know we could play that off of there and uh, let's just say Suicide Season was like their debut album. And then what was their what was their one with like Nocturnal? Was that the last one with like Throne and shit on it? Uh, Separaternal. Separaternal. Okay. That band, when they came out, were so stupid fucking heavy. Like, it, it was amazing. Like, I mean, 
you could f- like literally go see them in a show and not even question you know ripping the whole place to shreds because it was brutal as fuck like their their lyrics were insane too and all he all he ever did was scream you know what i mean and he had like these crazy highs and these super lows and then he had his normal like all these screams that you hear nowadays where it's just like him kind of you know yelling loud but uh that that's like diamonds aren't forever if you guys have never heard oh my god go listen that will make you punch a hole through the fucking wall amazing um black and blue uh fuck there's so many um that what were was just... the one um i got a secret it's on the tip of my tongue it's on the back of my lungs yeah uh chelsea smile yes yeah and that was off of their first one i'm pretty certain remember maybe it might be the second one but uh now you look at them nowadays and like the single they just released is just well Ollie broke his voice too i don't know man did he yeah he did he okay. did he couldn't he can't scream anymore so that's kind of the but he wrote a pop song it's literally pop music like i wish we could pull it up so you could hear it it's it's a fucking pop song like there's well, hardly any guitar like we just said that that was the way the lincoln park went too it's nuts, man. I I just can't, you know. There is literally like a group of kids out there listening to that right now who have no idea that they must used to be like one of the most fucking devil worshiping sounded music in the world. Like they were heavy as fuck, man. Right. And now I don't know. Don't get me wrong, like I really like, you know, Sepaternal. It's a really solid album. It's good. That was named like the I have the I have the uh, the magazine home, the um like top 100 metal albums of the the 21st century and that's like name like number three but again that was also the same uh magazine it was like yeah three cheers for street revenge is like number 27 i'm like it's not metal at all yeah how who the fuck wrote this (laughs) yeah (laughs) we should do our own fucking yeah it was it was the issue of metal hammer yeah i mean do you want to do it yeah we should release it say fuck everybody else but uh I mean, I'll start tonight. I'll start. I'll like. I'll get out the notebook and I will start writing them down. But like, all right, one album per artist. Yeah. There we go. And start. We're gonna do but it for Metal Month. We should. For but uh, going back to uh, Bring Me the Horizon, um, he's always been a very emotional person, mm-hmm. and like he felt that a lot in his you know, his first albums and, uh, especially now, you know what I mean? It's a lot slower, kind of more poppy, nice, heavy, but still a solid band, you know, but just one of them bands that is 100% different nowadays than what they used to be. Right. And I don't think it's okay. I guess. Okay. If you heard his voice, I get that, but they're literally never going to do that shit again. Like, no, cause even, even, uh, diamonds aren't forever. Like the way he just fucking, thrashes on that guitar yeah it's insane i know something you don't know yeah yeah and then um what is it is it diamonds are forever or braille i think it's braille when he says uh they like go through the breakdown and then he just screams he's like one more time and then he just go right back into it and it's heavy as fuck i whispered in her ear fear me dear for i am death i'll take that shit you call a life in a single fucking breath. And I was just like, Yo, dad! <laughs> that shit was dope! <laughs> ah. But, uh, not nowadays. Now it's, um, I can't drown my demons because they know how to swim. It's like, wow, man, how do you go from being the demon to being some fucking white boy writing music for fucking girls with scene haircuts? You fucking bitch. He's, he's sad. Yeah. That's why I listen to fucking Carly Rae Jepsen and shit. <laughs> uh, you saw my CD collection. You were like, "Why, do you, good. Have, why do you have so many Demi Lovato CDs?" I like Demi, dude. <laughs> I'm on, sad. Man. Oh man. Um, going back to it, whenever I was talking about the fucking 100 greatest metal albums, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge" by My Chemical Romance. That wasn't their debut album, though. Was it really? No, I thought wasn't. it was. No, they wrote one right before that. Um, was it an EP or was it the actual album? I don't know. Cause they wrote I'm pretty tears. sure Three Cheers was their first album, but they had the EP. You're going to be one of those people. I'm going to call the EPs the debuts. EPs don't count. You don't count. How do they not count? 
they don't count because they're on a full length album. Okay, well then Wander is not even a band because anyone. Wander is not band because they haven't a fucking album yet. Okay, you're dumb. Hold on, let me look it up. But they actually wrote Three Tears for Sweet Revenge on the road I sh- while touring. Well, whenever I showed you my CD collection, you didn't notice, but I had the Nirvana fucking Nevermind album, and then I had the Smells Like Teen Spirit single CD, which only has four songs on it. Okay, well, here you go. Studio album, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Oh, love. God, that was right. That was the first album That was the wrote. first one, and then they did They three wrote tears. Three Tears for Sweet Revenge while touring this album which is one of the coolest parts about that album in my opinion they wrote that on the road fucking cool how do you do that <laughs> well you um jar of flies by alice in chains is not a full-length album it's the ep they recorded it they wrote and recorded the entire thing in seven days in a fucking studio above a fucking greenhouse or some shit because like their bassist left because he was fucking a drug addict and they were like all right let's just make this EP and it was seven songs long and it probably had most of their fucking uh, best known songs with uh, like songs like I Stay Away Nutshell Rotten Apple Jar of Flies Jar of Flies is the name they didn't actually name any song damn so it's almost there but it was was My Chemical Romance you fucking jumping ahead piece of shit sorry that that was like, uh, you know, the introduction or the big blow up of the, the emo scene then. Well, what was um, what was Taking Back Sunday's first album? I couldn't tell you the name. I mean, I'll look it up. I'll oh. jam you that shit real quick. But uh, yeah, that that shit was amazing. I mean, um, I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love. Uh, honey, this mirror isn't big enough for the both of us. Fall Up, Bo- Fall Up Boy's first album. Amazing. From under the cork tree, that was fucking great. Yeah, and then everything they got popular, and then they're like, "Hey, let's make pop now." And it wasn't as good, but from under the cork tree was fantastic. And like every, I really like how like every uh, song on the album was, it just had like an obnoxiously long title. Yeah, and that's that's uh, one of the things they do. But uh, sorry, I just wanted to. Put your shit to shame again and let you know that Take This to Your Grave was Fallout Boy's first album. God damn it. From Under the Cork Tree was in 2005. That was their second one. But that's, you know. That was the one that made him popular. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto came out and everybody's like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. I remember Tom Vaughn showed me that. And we even made a, a video for our social studies class. And we put that in the video. And people were like, yo, who is this? Tom's like, it's Fallout Boy. Like who's Fallout Boy? And he's like, "You're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I literally remember, um, because I used to watch uh, Fuse and MTV. No, it was uh, VH1 Mega Hits. VH1 Mega Hits only played music videos twenty four seven, but then they switched to like lesbian and gay stuff, and they changed their, like logo. So like one day I was trying to watch music videos and I tune in and there's like two dudes making out and I'm like. Yeah, yeah what what this is music this music video? Is cool. I was like, this is a really weird music video. Oh, they're taking off each other's pants. Oh, oh, uh, okay. This isn't this a music video wrong, at all. I think I'm on the wrong channel. Oh, geez. Um, tell all your friends was uh, taking back Sunday. That was it. Album. I I saw the 10th anniversary of that. Like, I went to the, the tour. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Oh, how was that? It was fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because, um. I don't know the name of the lead singer, but he would like sing for a while and then he just got off talking and he has the thickest southern accent ever. <laughs> He's like, Y'all like that? <laughs> All right, well we're gonna come back here right now and we're gonna get another hit out here. So Alright, so I just want y'all to know this next one here is uh Yeah, this they photograph play- is proof. <laughs> they played Tell All of Your Friends in its entirety. That's awesome. Oh, it was so good. Like um I love it when bands do that. When he played like when then we played like uh twenty or the greatest romance of like the twenty first century, like it was really good. Like that was really good. But there was just a lot of energy at that show. Yeah. That kind of music had a lot of energy. Like, aside from being slow and emotional, there was a lot of energy put into it, especially emotion wise, you know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of feeling coming out of all that shit. That's amazing. Um speaking of bands that play Albums in their entirety. I don't know if you'd be interested, but Census Fail is 
coming back. I just went to um, let it unfold you. Well, I just went to the Silverstein show where they played. Uh, what the fuck was it? Was it their first album? What the one with like? Oh wait, never mind. I was thinking of a different band, Car Underwater. I forget who it was. Silverstein, but I forget what album they played. They played the the entire way through. Well, let's just go ahead and check the old Google here. Yo, Jamie, can you can you check that for me? Silverstein was another good, good emo band. They're amazing. Uh, Discovering the Waterfront. Yes, that was it. They played it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I only ever listened to uh, I only ever listened to Silverstein because I was sad over a girl and she, that was like her favorite band. So, so you had to, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. When some girls like, amazing. hey, this is my favorite band, I'm like, tell me more, tell me why. Sorry, I actually do. <clears throat> I it's not in my CD book, but I do have Backstreet Boys and Sing. That's good. And I have you now. I have now. That's what I call music volume nine. Wow, that's old. What are they up to? Like 60, I would sixty-seven, something like that. Seventy-four. I would, I would love to do like a reaction video where like, okay, Josh and Ken listen to now. That's what I call music volume nine. Yeah, we should. Or like Josh and Ken listen to like that. Now that's what I call music volume two. And we're like, why do people fucking like this? Yeah, it was just popular. And how did people make money selling CDs of other people's music? Like. Those guys are geniuses. You know what we should do? Let's just make a compilation of like all the hit popular songs, and we'll put them on a fucking CD and then sell that. Yeah, and at the time it was great. But yeah, it now blew up. Like now, no one buys. Like now, that's why I call music volume like seventy three. Yeah. But people were all over. Now that's why I call music volume one. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, the songs from my youth. Yeah. Let me recapture that. I really liked. Uh... All the fucking popular punk albums and shit. I still go back and listen to those. Like the first one through four are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some. That's entirely possible. So, yeah, so uh, we're a new metal month now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'd like to, you know, just let everybody know we're metal fanboys. And uh, I, w- I would like to go, you know, from the beginning. And see, you know, what were the heavy hitters? Like, where was the influence? You know, whether the we go first, back? like Black Sabbath and Motorhead were basically yeah, like, like the first that really brought out that sound. And somebody was like, "Dude," <clears throat> I mean, people credit Howard Scouter, but like, we'll 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 get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely definitely do that. And like I said, you know, there's a lot the of ways for we can branch off Metallica and see Slayer, where it came from, Megadeth, Anthrax, where it went to, fucking. Yo, don't, fucking don't talk shit fucking top four, dude. Just keep on talking. I'm just going to keep on, like, naming metal bands. <laughs> just Go in the background. Shira, Mastodon. It just reminds me of... Machine Head. was a scary movie for, like, the little Japanese boys. Is, he's talking, and there's, like, subtitles at the bottom of what he's saying, but the whole time he's not talking Japanese. He's just like, Toyota, Subaru, Mitsubishi. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, it's like, that's, that's what that reminded me of. Should have like you just talking like that, and then subtitles at the bottom. Like, why is he like that? Oh, dude, he's speaking. Uh, <laughs> Finnish. He's yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes. Black Label Society. Oh, Zach Wild is pretty good. Zach Zach Wild played guitar. Zach Wild. Zach Wild is like, hey, here's a whammy bar. Check this out. <laughs> he is the. Uh, the uh, Tom Morello of the metal scene. Rage Against the Machine is technically a metal band. Yeah. Rollins band. Yeah. Yeah. Helmet. El Nino. Texas Hippie Coalition. Cannibal Corpse. Cannabis Corpse. The Sword. And now we're going to go and name every genre of the bands <laughs> you just said. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So if you guys have any albums uh, that you think, you know, whether they changed or something or something that really was a debut that came out and hit hard, uh, let me know. I'd like to check it out. I'm always trying to find, whether it be old music that I can go back, listen to, and, you know, catch those feelings again, or I can find some new shit. I'm always down to do that. I know Kenjamin would 
definitely be down to do the same. I, I usually just listen to a lot of albums, so if you have any album you only listen to, like like somebody's like, you ever listen to, well, Todd Claude Van Damme, who we had on our show, was like, yeah, you like Snot? Yeah, Todd, I know who Snot is, okay? Yeah. I listen to a lot of obscure shit, too. Yeah, just tell me about it, because Kenny's going to be a prick. Yeah. He's going to be like, yeah, I already fucking heard it, yeah. dude. Yeah. So. Like I said. If I heard it, I'll still go back and listen to it. If you want us to talk about something, let us know. If you want us to listen to something, tell us about it. Yeah, we if can also you, discuss that. If too, you so. think we're doing something shitty, let us know. If you think we're doing something good, let us know. I, I want to hear from you guys. You guys usually don't give us any input. But the one thing I want you to do whenever uh, you come and listen to this podcast, just share it on social media. Whether yeah. it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I don't give a shit. You just share it because if every one of you could give us one more like, one more subscriber, something else to go with, be fantastic. Yeah, and then we can branch out, man. We've uh, already, I already got to go talk in my buddy's podcast. Uh, they asked you know if I'd come back and bring you over there next time, and uh, we got. Couple locals that you know, uh, you know, I was inspired by them to want to do this uh, for your distraction. If you guys didn't check them out, please do so. Uh, but uh, we also inspired our buddy Travis uh, to kind of start doing his own thing too. And uh, don't know how official he's getting with it yet, but uh, they are calling it of uh, Mike's and Men. And I thought it was pretty cool. That's actually a really good name. So, uh, you know, we might have him on here bullshitting. They're doing, um, you know, uh, just a slur of topics. So, might have to check him out when he comes on here. But, yeah, it's always nice to branch out. Whether you guys share a shit or you just tell somebody about it. Like, hey, have you heard blah, blah, blah? And then they, you know, they listen to it. Check it out. It's sweet. So Yeah, please, even even if, yeah, just please share our video on social media. That's, that's all we ask. Kenny, whore us out, dude. Just whore us out. Whore us out. Please. I added 800 friends on Facebook to whore us out. And it we didn't work out that well. We have 264 likes. How does that work? Because I had a friend that likes this hundred of them because I couldn't deal with it. Oh, geez. It was too much. That's too much. How are you going to handle... How do you handle talking to a mass amount of people? Well, I guess nobody's here right now. Yeah, I fuck them. All right. Well, guys, uh, tune in next month. Because that's what it'll next be. Next week. Well, well it's going to be, be next month. month. Yeah. Um, we're October. We'll be bringing the spoopy, and we will be bringing the metal. And, uh, we're going to be bringing the metal hammer down. Yeah, for sure. And we uh, like haven't decided who we're going to have on yet. Hammer, but um, We're going to have Brianna on for their episode. Yeah, I meant like band-wise. Oh, yeah, no, we're going to find somebody else. Yeah. Fuck her. Just have Brianna come in <laughs> here and like tell jokes. Yeah. Hey, show me your tits. <laughs> uh, and if you look here, you can see that I look exactly like my sister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, we might up... Uh, Hit up Ken Zek, check out his new band. Um, they're uh, they're pretty heavy. Kenny's always been a heavy kind of guy. So we'll Dave check Peck. him out. Yeah, we should should have Dave Peck too. He's, he's still playing music. We also got Steven in the Dam. Steve Mason, we should have him on. Oh man, oh man. I still think we should pay money to get Spectral Type back together. I, I'm I'm all for it. All right, let's do it. But like, hey, will you guys play Brothers? Yeah, hey, we just need if to... you guys have never heard the song "Brothers" by the Spectrotype, please go on YouTube and check it out. It has a music video for it. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like a dude wearing a fucking beanie just playing. It's Dave. Dave sucks. Anyway, all right, <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>